Okay, so we'll just <laughs> we'll just get into it. I don't have the the audio or the the recording enabled for Google Meets, um, but but I'll just go ahead and um, present my screen, and we'll we'll give uh, David one second to get back, and then uh, then we'll start. Okay. okay, so I'll just go ahead and just share with you. Um, would I have, or actually, okay, all right, so, all right, so we'll just jump into it, so, what you can get over here is you can actually get um, pretty rich data from the from the LCB. So, you know, if you just do a Google search for, um, you know, Washington, you know, Washington cannabis data. Actually. You can get the, the frequently requested lists. Then you can make a public records request. And then they'll give you essentially a data dump like this. Um, and so, you know, this is basically your starting point if you're working with Washington traceability data. Right, so this is for the month of December, and they dumped out almost 30 gigabytes of data. Um, so that's uh, a lot to chew on. Um, so, you know, how do you go about doing that? Um, so a tool I use, I'm not sure if you use Python, but if you're looking to get set up with Python, you can look at the Anaconda distribution. Um, it looks like they are migrating to paid, so I'm not a huge fan of that. So if anyone has any alternatives for Python distributions, you know, definitely suggest them. But have you already set up Anaconda on your machine? Exactly. So if okay. I'm on a I'm on a Windows over here. Okay, so you open up your Bash terminal and you can bypass Anaconda. All you would use Anaconda for is to uh, set up um, the libraries for you. It just makes a more convenient way. But if you use uh, if you go through the Bash terminal and just type Jupyter Notebook two words, it'll open up the Jupyter Notebook for you. So here's the, just the Anaconda Bash, and so you say you can just type in Jupyter Notebook. <laughs> How do you spell it? Jupiter. Uh, y T E R. And then notebook. And this definitely works in 
Terminal 4 Max. Exactly. Yeah. And so the page redirect you. If it doesn't, just click on that bottom link there and it'll it should open it up in your in your browser. Yeah, that's that's that should open up to that. So that way you bypass Anaconda. So if they do have to uh, or if they do charge, that's an easier way to get into everything that you've got. Awesome. So, so that for everybody on a Mac, it's just uh, you open up the terminal, type in Jupyter Notebook, and it'll automatically open in your default browser. So, so just for the sake of this, I'm probably just going to be running a lot of this in Spider. Um, it's just sort of a tried and true that I use, um, but I, but I. Yeah, just 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 to make sure everything runs smoothly, we'll just run it in Spider over here. Um, but basically, I'll uh, you know provide you with this script afterwards. Um, but I was just going to run through just an example of you know how to you know read in this data here and and see what we we can do with it. Um, so. So what I've done is I, you know, my company's Canlytic, so I'm primarily interested in lab results here. So I've downloaded this lab results file, which has a lab results CSV in it. Um, and so we're just going to read that in, you know, right off the bat. Um, and so you know, what do we need to do that? You know, we need pandas. Um, so if, if you've worked with Python, uh, this is a nifty tool. So we're going to import pandas. And so I've just had the, the CSV saved locally. And then, you know, what you can notice is if it's, it's going to be a, a little tricky to work with. Uh, the way the the data uh, the state formats the data, but essentially they have it formatted as UTF-16 with tab delimited values. So you can go ahead and you know run in your data here, and it's a large file here. So I'm reading in this file right here. And so this is almost two gigs. Um, but we'll just look at live results for the past month. Okay. So while this is reading in, I'll go ahead and just get the next block of, block of code here. Looks like there's a little. Okay, so we've read in the data. We have 
almost 2 million observations. So this is a fairly large data set. So that's another reason why I wanted to look at the, the lab results here. So if any of you are feeling a bit more ambitious, there's probably a lot of really interesting data to be found here in like the sales data, the tax data, strain data. And then I was going to actually look at inventory transfers next. There may be some interesting things with transfers. So there's a, a lot of rich data here, but enough of that. So we'll just go ahead and jump back in here. We've got these lab results. And, okay, so what do they what do they look like? So basically, I'm just going to just grab the you know the first observation here, just to okay. So what does this look like? You've basically just got a giant dictionary here the key fields are actually going to be, you know, your global ID. You know, then when it was created at. And then there's some other things here, like, so this is where it was tested at. So this one was tested back in 2016. So you may not want to look at that. And then they dump out all of these values. What you'll notice is a lot of them are N or NAN. So for example, at the moment, the state doesn't mandate pesticide testing, however, or require pesticide testing. However, I think that is going to change here in the, you know, the coming year or so. So that could be interesting data to look out for if, if pesticide data starts coming through. So it'd be just interesting to look at pesticide levels. Okay. So, you know, and then if you want to see the actual data points here, you know, you can just list. Uh, you know, you can just list the. So, you know, it's, it's dumping out a lot of data. So, we're, you know, we're going to need to sort of narrow this down a little bit. Okay. So how can we narrow, narrow this down? Well, you can, you know, you can figure out, okay, you know, what type of samples do we you know, do we, do we have here? And so you can look at all the intermediate types and you can find out all, you can list all of the intermediate types that are unique. Okay. So now you're, so now we're starting to, you know, find out a bit more about the data here. We're, okay. So these are all the product types that you'd have in Washington. Okay, and so we also didn't want to look at, you know, every uh, data point here. So I was going to restrict them to, 
to December. So let's see. Well, let's actually just walk through this. So basically what I had done is I'd realized there's just going to be, you know, a little too many here to, to work with a million. So I thought, okay, let's just work with, you know, 10,000 at a time, just, just so it, it's, it's a bit more manageable. Um, so, you know, just created a sample here. So, you know, there's the sample and then the full data set is the 2 million. Um, so th this is just uh, for speed of sake, but um, we'll go, we'll, we'll, we'll remove the, the limit at the end. Okay. So then just to, to create um, a few helper variables here. So, right. So you have the, the tested at time. And so you can look at the first five observations like that. You know, you could look at the first 10 observations. Okay. And so we've got an ISO formatted time here. And so we can create a nice time variable that's, you know, time aware. So simple enough. We can create a time variable. And then given the sample global ID, you know, you can also figure out essentially what lab this is coming from. So the so that would be their license number. Um, but I realize this isn't actually going to quite do the trick. But anyways, you know, you can create some helper variables there. Okay, so now, now let's say, you know, you just want to, you know, look at one group. So say you just wanted to look at flower. So you could just, you could say, okay, let's just find all of the samples where the intermediate type is a flower lot. And so you can find the flower. So about you know, roughly 70% of the samples are flower samples. All right. And so something I did here was I essentially was interested to see if there was any correlation between CBD and, and THC. Um, so So we're going to need a few more packages here. So up at the top, 
you can add in the stats models. And this is there's this is a statistics package that I like to use for simple regressions and things like that. So you import your stats models. And so, for a regression, you're going to need an, an x, your dependent variables, or your independent variables. So in this case, our independent variables, I was wanting to see if CBDA has any effect on delta 9 THCA. So you can get your x, and then your dependent variable, y. And then you'll need a constant because you're, you know, y, you know, beta naught plus beta one times x, right? So we're going to add the constant and we're going to fit the regression here. Right. And so we've run a regression. The first thing I do is look at the R squared. And so this is the total amount of variation that we just explained in this regression. So we just explained, you know, about 6% of all the variation. So this is not a very explanatory model here. So there's not, you couldn't put a lot of stake in this model. You know, it looks at rough estimate that there may be a negative relationship between CBD and THC, but I will, you know, you can't make any conclusions off of this model. Um, but it's, you know, so, and then what a, an interesting rule is always look at the data. So let's, you know, see what, you know, we, we just did here. So we basically just, we just basically fit this line. So we said, okay, is there a, a relationship between CBD and THC? And it looks like there may be a slight, you know, negative relationship. But it's, you know, there's there's a large group here, so there's, it's not not the best trend line in the world. But, you know, it looks like if you just looked at the, the high CBD strains, then there may be, you know, a better linear relationship there. So, so that's, that's comparing two analytes. And so another interesting thing you can do is let's say we wanted to look at one of these analytes over time. So we just looked at flower. So now let's say, okay, what happens if we want to look at butane over time, right? Because some of these concentrates are extracted with butane. So 
you know, you may want to know, okay, is there, you know, is there any level of butane in the final product? So, remember above, we listed all the intermediate types. And so what I did was I basically just went and I grabbed any one that ended in concentrate and put it into this list. So you could do that programmatically. I just did that manually, but I just manually created this list. You know, some of these you may not expect to have butane in there. So you may not expect to have butane in the non-solvent based concentrates. However, we can exclude those in the future. For now, I just wanted to grab everything that was a concentrate. Okay, and so in, a, in the laboratory setting, the meaningful way that you would look at these is you would look at them over time. So you would say, okay, over time, is there any trend in this analyte? because that's what you would you would be curious about is this analyte is there a positive trend is there a negative trend so how do we do that so i am going to group the data by day so you've got these long lines here i'm going to share the code afterwards and I've also included these references here for how you can go about, you know, how you can go about aggregating the number of occurrences per day. So this is a useful thing to do in pandas. So let's go ahead and create these series here. Okay, so about 20, so about 19% of the samples is, are concentrates. So then you can aggregate them by day. And so what does the daily concentrates look like? Well, this is a series over time. And once again, you can look at all of the variables. So it's, I'm creating the mean of each variable by day. So that's numbers. So let's look at it so that it's more meaningful. So what I always say is look at the data. So we're going to create a figure. For figures, we're going to need matplotlib. So the classic way to import matplotlib is import matplotlib.pyplot as plt. And we're also using the datetime package. So we can add that to the top of the script as well. So 
we're going to create a figure. We're going to plot daily concentrates. We're going to plot the butane on the y-axis. We're going to fit a trend line by running the same regression that we ran, well, the same regression model that we used earlier, except now our x value is going to be just a time series. So this is just going to be the index. So you can fit a trend line and then we'll plot the trend line. So putting it all together, you can get the average butane, whoops, I misspelled butane. So putting it all together, you can get the average butane level in Washington concentrates over time. So if you, I put the, the limits here. So if you look at the limits, you'll see that butane has an action limit of 5,000. So anything less than 5,000 ppm will pass. So as you can see, you know, these concentrates, you know, the, these are passing samples, but you know, as you'll see, there's a, you know, a non-zero average level of butane. You know, that's 100% up to the consumer and, you know, it's under the action limit. Um, so, so it is what it is. Um, I think it's interesting to note that in this small sample, you do see a negative trend. Um, and then let's just for fun, let's just go ahead and essentially remove this limit here. And just, and just see what, see what may happen. I haven't actually run this, but, um, Okay, and so now we can see the data in the full sample. And it, it, it's similar here where you've got the negative trend. So I think I'll go ahead, unless I've been sort of running through this fairly quickly. I should have asked, has there been any questions so far about some of the things that that we've done here. Nope. Awesome. Can you go over uh, real quick, can you go over again where you went and found that data? Absolutely. So here let me put it in the Here, I'll share it um, with you. So there is the data dump. And then uh, 
I believe these put they put them out periodically. But you know, if you need historic data, then you know there is just uh, the link uh, to make the request. And the request is fairly simple. You just um, you know they have just a bullet point of you know they just have these bullet points of things that I you mean, need. You, get, uh, you, you went to a site to first to make the request. Where was that? Oh, this site. Um, or is this the uh, the site you're referring to? To the chat? Yeah. Sure thing. Oh, okay, yeah. got it. So you come down in the public, make public request. Uh, and then it gives you a document you got to fill out and email in. Yes, I believe you can email it in. Um, so, you know, so like I said, it depends on what you're. It depends on what you're looking at. Like I said, my, my, a lot of my interest has just been in lab results, and so I know everybody has their own interest. And in fact, right. um, you know, I'm sure most of the interest is probably in sales, right? Because. I mean, that's, I've heard that's where the action's at, right? That's where the consumers are. But I don't know what, how about, can I just ask the crowd? Like what sort of data points, what sort of data points are you interested in? Or what statistics are you interested in looking at by chance? Well, we would be, we'd be actually extracting for trying to find all of the business to be able to market to oh uh, you know we're we're trying to design uh an add-in for acumatica's erp that uh will interact with the state board uh api um as it uh does the growing and does the uh harvesting as sort of manufacturing processes okay so, well why don't just now here on the fly, why don't we see what we can do here? So they've got these licensees. So we'll just walk through the, you know, this is how the sausage gets made. So okay. you, so you download this. We're going to do it to the cannabis data science group. There it is. And the next question I have for, both of you, do you know of anybody that is familiar in .NET with uh, using the API to call for ID values, right? I mean, that's the biggest thing of accounting systems trying to work with uh, the state board is every ID having to be assigned by the API, like for vendor IDs and, you know, transfers and well, harvests. You're actually speaking to somebody, so that's... Oh. I, I'm actually quite quite familiar with working with the state API. So I, spe my background is in a, a testing laboratory. 
So I've, okay. so I've integrated with the state and then my company's in the process of getting uh, our integrator status at the moment. So if, if, if you need any, any help, I can. I would love that. We're, we're going to start, um, we're going to start small with like a hello world type of thing. Just trying to get like a vendor ID, um, assigned by the state rather than being assigned through the, uh, ERP software. So if we can take that up, uh, if you can, you know, email me your contact information, we can set up a, another time to chat. Um, and it's not going to be right away. We're finishing up another product first, but I've got a full-time .NET developer. And one of the cool things about this accounting software is you can customize right within the uh, cloud app uh, in .NET. Um, so, um, so anything you can do in .NET, you can create screens or processing screens or change the way that the code works um, in the uh, system. But so everything from purchasing, uh, sales, uh, you know, manufacturing, distribution, any of those things where it has to interact with the API, we're going to have to write code to do that. And uh, but I want to, you know, once we once we kind of learn the API. You know, just I think one time if you do it one time interacting with it, then after that, you know, my developer would probably be pretty good at it. Definitely, so. but I'd be happy to just give you a crash course, tell you the nuances, yeah, yeah show you how to hit the endpoints. But that would be fun. yeah, I yeah. yeah when, this is, when this COVID stuff is all over, I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So I can help you with that, and you know, like I said, that's what my background's in, and like I said. You know, a lot of this can be automated, but for now, let's just grab this licensees file. So, yeah. just to show you this real quick, and then we can talk more about the state uh, traceability system. But I'm just going to do a similar thing here as I did with the lab results. So, just substituting the file name. And then it's going to be in this folder. So I'm going to add this folder directory here. So just open a new console and let's let it rip and see what we get. Okay, so 28, so you've got almost 3,000 licensees and same thing, so this is how the sausage gets made. The first thing I do is I look at the first observation. And maybe let's look at the last observation. <laughs> so I uh, so yeah, so so this first one looks like almost like a like a test that that looks like actually Washington State. But this last observation here, it actually looks like it's they may be suspended, but um, oh yeah, but it looks like I thought yeah. So it's a dispensary, and I don't know. I would, like I said, I would maybe double check on this. I mean, I, it may be worth giving them a call um, just to make sure that's ac accurately coded. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so and so actually what you could do here is you could almost say, okay, let's just do data dot suspended. Okay, so Okay, so now we can do a little on the fly data analytics. So let's see how many of these are suspended, right? So you could do okay, so you could do okay, so data dot loc data dot suspended equals true and then you can just divide that by length of data so it looks like yeah so it looks like like 35 percent of these licenses are suspended so it could wow. so it could be that people aren't renewing their licenses or oh, yeah. or right. something yeah. like that yeah. um So that's where the, uh, the the data crunching becomes quite interesting. Um, but so, you know, so let's say you're looking for, you know, active licenses. Well, you know, you're going to be looking for, you know, people where the suspended is false uh, for starters. So, so, so there's eighteen seventy one non suspended, but I believe. I wonder if the let's find out all the the fields again. Oh, and then so there's also an is live and an expired at, so. Let's take a look at is live. And then let's see what expired at looks like. Interesting. So for your active licenses, you know, you may want to change this to a conditional. So you may want to say, okay, we want everyone that's suspended false and you know, data dot is live is true. So for some reason, it's not crazy about this. Oh, there we go. So, so look, you know, and then you could do a further sanity check and, you know, cut off all the ones that aren't expired. But, yeah. you know, this is, a, you know, probably a pretty good list for you here. And then, um, you know, you could, uh, You know, and so what you could do is, you know, you could actually, you know, 
let's say you want to save this to Excel. So you can now say, okay, active licenses, you know, to Excel. You know, there's probably some more settings you can toggle to make it look a little nicer, but yeah. there you go. So, nice. you didn't do much. Um, yeah, the nice thing is you got the type there that uh, you can further use to drill down on uh, whether they're a cultivator who might be interested in having manufacturing software versus a dispensary that's going to be more distribution based. Exactly. And okay. so, so then, you know, then you could even pass this to your, your marketing, your marketing agent and then say, okay, uh, yeah, <laughs> here's a, you know, you could clean this up for them a little bit, but yeah, yeah. you could basically say, okay, you know, here's uh, their oh, yeah, here, here's your, yeah, here, I do think these phone numbers, just uh, for your warning, I think, maybe not all of them, but I think, you know, some of these, you know, because their number is listed publicly, they may get a lot of contacts, so a lot of them may have different numbers for their primary lines, but... Yeah, you know, we don't actually market via phone, yeah. uh, it's not a real developed a process where we can identify the people and then um, they're either uh, using an AI site that uh, like really high percentage probability of getting the good right email address. Um, we, we do some email marketing that way and then the other thing we do is we invite them to connect on LinkedIn and then they kind of see our marketing social media posts on LinkedIn. Um, for business marketing, LinkedIn is seems to be the most helpful. <laughs> yeah. Well, you kind of hit hit the nail on the head, and you may be interested in joining. There's, I attend this startup group on Tuesdays, and one of the topics they talk about is customer development automation. And yes, yeah. you you hit the nail on the head. It's they their strategies. It seems to be connect with people on LinkedIn, and. Yeah. I, they may enjoy that better themselves because, like I said, I don't think they love getting phone calls all day. Right. And, in fact, like I said, I'm sure some of these numbers are active, but the yeah. the large cultivators, they are they were, you know, were getting so many phone calls that they just they just got a new number almost. But I'm, I'm sure. yeah, but. <laughs> It's still, um, you know, it's still just good to know, okay, wh what does the industry look like? And, you know, you can, you know, you've got py the power of Python here or whatever your programming tool is. And so you can... Yeah, I have to admit, I'm not a Python guy. I, I've been a, I grew up on the Microsoft side, so I've been a SQL guy okay. for a long, 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 long time. I, the... And uh, we, because the software we sell is .NET based, um, we really focus our dev stuff on that. So, but, but, you know, it's the same idea, right? You, you, getting access to data like this and then you know, building 
queries and stored procedures to slice and dice the data or use something like uh, you know, a report builder for an SSRS report or something of that nature. Um, even Power BI right, uh, gives you a lot of similar type of capabilities to slice and dice the data. Exactly. It's just exactly it's just sort of tools of the trade and then like you said it's just how how you want to to rig up your system and so i really enjoy this because i've never seen i've never really seen anybody do what they were doing with well well um, so it's kind of it was cool to, to kind of see oh, okay that's kind of similar to sql and i was i was kind of seeing what you were doing i was like oh yeah that's just a different language for doing essentially the same thing and and this is sort of bare bones. Like you can, you know, you can use VS Code and get better, better highlighting. And you know, you can run this over here in the terminal. But I just sort of learned on Spider, and I find it just quite simple because I can write scripts and run right here in the console. Um, but I'm just, I'm all about practicality, just getting things done. So uh, this was just a quick, fast way to, so, but, you know, to, to, to get what you wanted. So basically we, yeah. Yeah. because, you know, you, you, da you download this ugly file and you're going to have to do something with it. So, you know, you have to parse this one way or another. Right. Get the data out of it, and then dump it to to an Excel, and then yeah, and then uh, this can then go in your database, and you can have at it. <laughs> so. Nice. But um, but that sort of round um. But that, I guess that sort of, uh, you know, rounds it out. Um, so, yeah, it was fascinating hearing what you, what you do. And I was just wondering, you know, for, you know, for next week, is there anything, like anything else you'd like to see or... take it really off course uh, too much but um, but yeah I'm, I'm just into, as far as is the cannabis industry I've been trying to find a way to break in to that industry with the software that I sell and be able to, to create an add-in for that software to make it work with the state uh, API and there are some other competitors out there um, but you know I think competition's good, and I don't think that they have particularly good products yet. Um, so we're looking to – I've got experience in growing, but it's growing uh, shellfish, actually. Uh -huh. So I, I wrote uh, for Taylor Shellfish uh, over at Shelton um, back in 97 when active server pages were the rage. Uh, we wrote in a complete growing app for growing from seed – uh, to the final pulling out of the beach, uh, clams and oysters and other types of shellfish. And it allowed them to, to grow pretty significantly uh, over time, over the last 20 years. Uh, but they, they, you, 
used it for many, many years so that their staff knew what they had in the, in the beaches. Um, they, they had measurements done on their, uh, on their phones with the web apps uh, to update the size of the, uh, the shellfish as it was growing, um, you know, to take the sales orders. And the guys would go out on the boats with their phones to be able to look and see what the sales orders from the prior day were that needed to be fulfilled that day. Um, so there's lots you can do with technology. I, I became kind of a, a geek after being a CPA accounting nerd. I became a geek uh, with technology. And uh, Active Server Pages really kind of opened my eyes to what you can do with databases and web pages. And it's, it's come a long way from there. Um, and I've, I've run a company that does you know, ERP consulting and sales with Acumatica, uh, which is... If you haven't heard of it, they're they're like ten years beyond NetSuite in terms of platform and technology. They, you know, NetSuite was started in 1999. Acumatica came out about 2009. Um, but it's all .NET from the ground up, uh, all HTML5 from the beginning, uh, all open API, so web services, both REST or SOAP supported. It is, it is amazing software because it was originally started as a, a rapid development platform for .NET websites. And then they thought, well, we've got a background from our ERP days. Uh, they were owners or managers of Solomon who did this project. Um, so then they said, oh, let's throw on a, an ERP platform on top of that and then let people program whatever else they need um, in .NET. And they let you view the source code. So whenever you're doing development, if you can see the source code, if you're developing enhancements, it just makes everything easier, right? Yes. Um, and because of their development environment, you can actually be coding C-sharp right within their application. Um, and they have some tools where you can essentially create a table in the database. And then you go in the program and you say, okay, create the class object that represents that database table. And it'll write the code essentially for you to create that class object in .NET. And then you can say, create me a screen for that class object, and it'll write the code to create the screen um, for that. Right? And, and then you can tweak it after that. So it's one of those rapid development environments for business software applications that makes, um, makes creating a full solution in a single database with everything from manufacturing to financials to distribution, warehouse management, project accounting, recurring billing, equipment maintenance, everything a business does or could do in a single application for multiple companies, levels of consolidation of you know three, four levels deep, uh, parent to child to child to branch. Um, so... Yeah, as you can tell, I'm kind of an evangelist for the software, but it was the, I found it in 2012, and it's really the most advanced uh, business software application out there. I mean, they're really on cutting edge. I mean, they, they've got a, they're like one of the first with a business skill for Alexa, right? Sure. So I literally, I can put on my Alexa glasses, right? And I can, I can talk to the accounting system and say what the inventory stock status is of items X, right? Um, I, you know, it's kind of like Star Trek 
computer uh, type functionality, right? So for me, imagine a world where we are now interacting with our business software applications verbally through Alexa and giving commands to the system. Um, imagine being on a, a warehouse floor and being able to check stock status or to, um, and I, I think where they're going, I'm, I've actually been making suggestions on improvements, but not only being able to ask for information, but what if you could say create a purchase order for vendor X for item Y, right? Or um, do a, a step in a manufacturing process saying, you know, complete step A of this particular manufacturing job. All these things are going to be possible uh, for you to interact in the future with your accounting systems, your business software systems, verbally, uh, hands-free. Um, you know, they're doing development now with OCR, so like AP documents that get emailed into the system, it can monitor the email queues and convert an AP invoice PDF form into a bill in the accounting system without anyone having to enter it. Right, um, expense reports. Right, so if you're out traveling to a job, or say you're an appointment, you know, going to a service appointment, and you take a picture of the work that you did and attach it to the appointment, or if you take a expense receipt and you take a picture of it and it creates the expense record in your accounting system for reimbursement. All these things are things they've already developed and could do. I mean, so it's. Yeah. I, as, a, as, as a geek, I look at what I they're think, doing, and I'm like, this yeah. is amazing technology yeah. that they're, they're coming up well, with. I, I like how you think, David. And so I was thinking, just from what you've mentioned, do you think for next yeah. week a good topic may be APIs? Because that was something I was wanting to hit on, and that's something that is programming language agnostic. So you can yeah. have any programming language you want, like, and we can right. just we can just go through some endpoints and yeah, yeah. just walk through them, hit some endpoints, get some data, and uh, that way we're all t uh, talking the same language. <laughs> so love it, love it. I'll have my developer join us too. I'll, I'll contact him. Say, he's down in California now. It's amazing with this COVID, right? And everybody operating remotely. I mean, we use Acumatica internally as well. So he's just working from down in California. You say, hey, I moved to California. I say, okay, cool. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. <laughs> awesome. You know, I'm going to go get uh, a license or what? I have to get an employer ID from the state of California and get some tax rates. But other than that, uh, you know, Gusto. Yeah, more than Mary. Gusto helps take care of all that stuff. So. But definitely. So same same time next week, and and we can yeah. we can talk about APIs, and uh, awesome. we can hit some endpoints. <laughs> yeah, send me send me the information or link information, and uh, it does the does the meetup site send out a, uh, an email or? Um, to I'm going to go ahead and create a new event, and I'll get you sent out a new invite. So I'm still sort of learning. So sorry about the the, the slow so start here. today. Sure. If I can answer any questions for you on anything my depth uh is maybe not as deep my knowledge is not as deep as everyone else but i have a lot of breadth of knowledge i uh, yeah i, I, I wouldn't say man I, I can tell you that i i have an engineering background a nuclear engineering background from my navy days as a submarine officer 
uh, a family of accountants. So when I got out, I ended up becoming a CPA and doing payroll and accounting. And uh, I'm one of the people that walked away from Amazon before I invested in my stock options back in the 90s. So if you ever want to feel bad, <laughs> I can tell you yeah. how much money I walked away from. Uh, pretty much every day I, I know how many uh, hundred million uh, don't be hard on yourself, but I've learned a lot from you and this is what this group's about. So I'm you know, here to share what I know and then you know, we can yeah. share. Just keep sharing. Perfect. I love it. Awesome. Well. All right, guys. I got to run. I'm late for my next uh, meeting, but uh, this was great and I look forward to next week. All right. Until next time. Okay. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye, Charles. <laughs>